Welcome back to Am I the A-Hole Apple Pie Podcast. This is episode 7. It is January 17, 2023, and I am your host, Horena. This is the podcast where I share Am I the A-Hole post from Reddit and attempt to figure out who was the rotten apple in the story and who was not. These posts are publicly posted on Reddit for the intent to get feedback and to share if the original poster is indeed an a-hole. Here at the Am I the A-Hole Apple Pie podcast, I like to give feedback if the OP is the rotten apple or not, because many of these stories can hit home, and I hope that by dissecting the actions of others, we can learn how Our actions can ripple out into the world around us and affect others. None of us are perfect. And one of my mantras has always been, we are all a-holes, we just take turns being one. Some of us are self-aware enough to know when we are, and some of us have not baked in the oven of life long enough to know that they are. So, or even to ask if they are, to be honest. I think a lot of people go through life going, I'm perfect and amazing and everybody sucks. <laughs> you know, so they need to go back in the oven. So you can participate in the show by leaving a voicemail, emailing the show or tweeting the show on Twitter at A-I-T-A Apple Pie Pod. And you can also email the show at A-I-T-A Apple Pie at gmail.com. And you can find this show and every other show hosted by me at my podcast network found at CozyPodcastNetwork.com. So let's see. Our first pie is popping out of the oven. We are cold reading these like every episode, so I have no idea. I only know the title. I read the title and I go, hmm, that sounds like a pie I want to talk about. So let's get started on the first slice of pie. Let's take a look and see who we think the rotten apple may be. This is all from Reddit, Am I the A-Hole Reddit, and is titled, Am I the A-Hole for Refusing to Keep a Quote, low profile of my recent engagement and refused to come without him to my mother's birthday to accommodate her jealous sister. I, 36 female, just got engaged to my better half, 43 male, two weeks ago. My sister, 28 female, who has always been spoiled and coddled by parents, was dumped by her long-term boyfriend for another woman after he graduated from medical school this past summer. Quote, and then parentheses, she added, she was looking forward to being a doctor's wife, thinking she'd be bathing in rubies and pearls. And then they um, add and propose to her only after a few months. My sister is insanely jealous and competitive. She always has to be the first and always has to win. This sounds really familiar. (laughs) So I expected she'd be jealous, but grossly underestimated. She was apparently so overcome with grief that she had a nervous breakdown and had to be hospitalized and then moved back home with my parents. My parents have asked me to, quote, keep a low profile and have canceled my engagement party. That was their idea until further noticed, and then they add probably forever, and to come alone to my mother's birthday in a few weeks and leave my ring at home. They love 
their her fiance so it's not that they don't approve of her relationship all of this is just to accommodate her sister that's what she added in parentheses I said we are now a package deal and if he's not welcome I'm not coming and I absolutely will not take off and hide my ring like it's some dirty little secret and I told them they are uninvited from my wedding and we are going no contact until they tender a sincere apology and revoke this ridiculous ridiculous rule of keeping a low profile I also said of this standoff goes through the wedding that we are going no contact for good I've never missed a parent's birthday so my dad is pissed at me and I called him a hypocrite because he went no contact with his parents for excluding my mother over religious differences and he insists that this is different and I said no it's not because he's expecting me to do something to my fiance that he never even did to his wife am I the a-hole first thing that popped in my mind as I was reading this was wow yeah, token, this is a token, like a golden child, scapegoat child scenario. Um, if you know anything about uh, narcissist family dynamics. But um, the fact that when children grow into adults and start living their adult lives, the parents need to remove them from their teat and send them on their way. Be there, you know, in a normal capacity, a supportive capacity and like, you know worst case scenario situations but not coddling a child so much that now they're 28 they're almost 30 and they were looking and I call these like these are um, there there are people out there that just want to uh, grift off from other people they want to I call them lily pad hoppers they will set up a bread a little bread store with their significant other like it sounds like the daughter the 28 female sister was like ooh he's a doctor and you know it sounds like she had these expectations that when he graduated she was just going to be living in the lap of luxury while her husband went to work and just be like showered and what happens when people spoil their children and shower them so much is that they look for significant others that will continue that past childhood and when they go into adulthood they are not able to understand that relationships are a two-way street that it is not a one-sided scenario that when they grow up there will be expectations to survive on their own to remove them from the teat of the family and to let them you know switch over from milk to solid foods right so i this this happens a lot this happens a lot this is why you have a lot of rebound people coming back home and people will sit there and often i've seen the parents go oh we'll just make up a name like janice she's 42 and won't get out of my house but they're enabling them on the backside. so they triangulate their grown children by talking badly about them to others and try to act like they're victimized by their adult children like not leaving the nest but then they coddle the adult child to the point that they cannot fend for themselves therefore they never leave the nest 
and that it is a very toxic cycle to find yourself in if you're one of those people who have been enabled so much and then that gives that child a victim mentality where they feel like oh I can't fend for myself you've done everything for me and now I just flounder out in the real world you know it's just such a toxic cycle and it sounds like right now this lady who's 28 female spoiled and coddled by the parents dumped by her long-term boyfriend for another woman and then her whole dreams of being you know bathed in rubies all this information being shared in the post by the original poster which is the sister who is now being asked to hide her success and her relationship because it will you know throw the the other sister into a tailspin because she supposedly has already had a quote nervous breakdown whatever that is i don't know if it was professionally diagnosed or is she just grandstanding so definitely the original poster in my opinion is not the rotten apple in this pie she is being asked to do things that the parents have not done and they, she's being asked to put her head under the ocean of life and to hold her breath to allow her sister and her family to keep breathing and that's disgusting but one thing i would say for the original poster is i think we far too often fall into the trap of mimicking the behavior that's been bestowed on us so the, the original poster um, started making threats of like, I'm going to go no contact. I'm going to do this. You've hurt my feelings. Da, da, da. The My advice would have been don't make, if, if the if the temper tantrums and the antics of your family is what irritates you, don't become that monster and reciprocate with more temper tantrums and like grandiose threats and events and so on. So what I would have done is say, hey, I'm going to host my own engagement party. I'm going to invite my own guest. You're invited to show up or you're not. You don't have to. And I'm going to go on and I'm going to go through with my wedding. You can come. I would invite everybody to come. Get open door for your parents, even your dirt-to-dirt sister who is, you know, grifting off from the entire world, it sounds like. So I would have done that because you don't need to stoop down to another person's level. They can abandon you. They can ignore you. They can talk trash to you. You don't need to turn into the person who you don't want to be like, right? And so often that happens in so many scenarios across the board where you are being treated unfairly or somebody's treating you passive aggressively. You don't need to reciprocate their bad behavior. Wish them well. Remain the same grounded person that you desire to be and then just keep driving your car down the road of life and say, hey, you're welcome to join me. I think what happens is we we carry that emotional baggage with us in our car of life and it just breeds resentment and anger and hatred and it grows into this really ugly monster that none of us want to, um, to really, you can't live a good life living that way. 
So the original poster, I understand where they're coming from. I've gone through a lot of scenarios very similar to this. And carrying that hatred, that irritation, and what it, where it actually is coming from is a place of hurt. The original poster is really hurt. Always hurt on being on the back burner of her family. Um, asked to take all these concessions. Asked to just not exist because it will diminish the happiness of the other sibling. Fine. People can make unruly requests on you. Let them. It, you don't have to jump right? People can have all these layers of expectations on you. You don't have to jump. You don't owe them an explanation. They didn't want to sit down and have an adult conversation with you. You don't owe them anything. They choose to put all of these layers of expectations on you. They choose to put these stipulations, these restrictions, these commands and requests. Fine. They can do that till the sun goes down. That's their choice. When we go through life, we're in control of how we react. We cannot control how others act towards us, but we can control how we react toward them. So if I were the original poster, I would have said, that really sucks that you feel this way. It hurts my feelings that you don't want to be supportive over the happy things in my life. I am saddened by what's happened to my sister, but it has nothing to do with me. And I'm going to go forward with my life. I'm going to live it to the best of my ability. And you are welcome to join me. I will be hosting my party on this day. I will be hosting my wedding on this day. If you choose to come, great, fantastic. If you don't, I still love you. Have a nice day. You know, something like that. You don't want to cross over the line into hate and anger and hurt and stuff. You will never heal from reciprocating the bad behavior onto others. You just, you don't. It sounds good in a fit of rage. It sounds good when we're down and out and we're just upset. We just want them to hurt like we're hurting. But the problem with that is, is you never stop hurting when you go down that path, right? Growth and healing come from understanding that you do have control in the situation and it's how you were reacting. So in my opinion, the rotten apples are the sister and the parents and I believe the original poster and the fiance go off riding into the sunset and um, keep an open door policy, but don't bow down to their level of stink. So, all right, let's see what we have for our second slice of pie. All right, second slice of pie. Let's see who's the rotten apple. Am I the a-hole? Daughter dyed her hair badly and refuses to go to school. Can't believe this is happening, but here we go. Daughter 14 has always been naturally blonde. However, the last few months, her brown hair has been coming through at her roots. She has asked us if she can dye it earlier this month. So it sounds like she wants to stay blonde. She does not want to have this brown hair taking over her life. We said yes, but only if it's done professionally. An appointment is booked for the 8th of February at a very popular salon with good reputation, meaning long wait times. But if it's being done, it's being done right. Reason for this, both her and her sister and my wife have very sensitive scopes. The last time our older daughter used an at-home kit, it went very badly and very wrong. The doc Going to the doctor's kind of wrong. The youngest sister was happy with this and, and agreed to wait. But this weekend went out of her way with her friend and bought an at-home kit, dyeing her hair at her friend's house without any adult assistance. Well, now it's orange. We offered to buy a brown or black kit to cover it and tell her a 
appointment, but she screamed she is a blonde, not brunette, and hasn't really left her room since. She is refusing to go to school until we fix it. I said that I don't have a magic hair fixing spell, and the choice is to go dark for three weeks or put up with the dark color or put up with the orange color. We phoned the salon, but they cannot move up the color appointment, but will contact us if a cancellation comes. So I'll read it. Am I the a-hole for sending my daughter to school with self-inflicted orange hair? So and then they added multiple edits, most likely to answer people's concerns. One edit. The first one is, to be clear, it has been mentioned a few times that the brown brunette option was a temporary color, not a permanent. I'd it wash out in a few weeks anyway. Well, I will have to address that permanent color and semi-permanent color still when you put a dark hair color that's one of the most common misconceptions of hair speaking from um, a cosmetologist that a non-practicing cosmetologist um, you cannot non-cosmetologist people think that you just go and buy a temporary hair color like it's some fairy tale hair color and when you put a dark brown or a brunette semi-permanent hair on blonde hair you it, and they're like oh it'll just wash out in a few weeks it never just washes out all the way in a few weeks it will not especially a basic color like a brown or brunette that has the primary colors in it it will actually absorb that because blonde hair is very porous just like diffuse pigment hair like it will grab onto the bases base color of whatever you put on and and, and amplify it that's why she ended up with orange hair so there's a lot of chemistry reasons why this happened that i won't go into right now but i know exactly what happened and what went wrong because i used to have to fix hair like this in the salon so um yeah so it, the this is the dad posting and um or significant other it could be the wife posting too and so they weren't really clear so i'm going to say the other parent we'll just say because i don't know if it's a husband or a wife talking about their husband and wife's hair situations with chemicals and stuff in the past so they never really identified themselves so we will just say they so their family has a history of this and they thought they could just throw the brown and brunette on and then it would just magically wash away and that doesn't happen just an fyi for those of you who may think this way edit two we've tried all other salons however they have similar wait times one can fit us in earlier on january 25th but honestly their google reviews are a mixed bag two stars out of five so we're not overly confident with that one and then they had a third edit thanks for all the responses with advice we won't be dying it again and we'll try a purple blue shampoo and out of and or in hopes of hoping to tone it down and that is one of my first things that I would have said is I would have um, said to do like a Malibu um, to first clean off anything that may have been deposited because blonde hair has wide open shafts so as easy as it is it absorb that golden tone you can put on like a Malibu treatment for like swimmers or people who have hard water put that on first it's natural most of the time it's a very natural thing that I remember people would come in to sell the Malibu and they would like eat it to show you how natural it is so i don't recommend that eating it but that's what the sales people did <laughs> so i would just slather your head with malibu and because it's not gonna hurt and it'll just pull off any product that had built up over your hair over time anyways and then i would have done went for that uh, blue shampoo because what you're doing is neutralizing the gold tones and you can do that and that is why you've heard in the past whenever you would see women in like their 70s and 80s and you they back in the day would call them blue hairs it's because they 
had their hair had gone bright white and if they had a, if they smoked a lot their hair could absorb it and start getting a yellowy tint or if they had hard water their hair would get a yellowy tint and they didn't like it so they would use a blue hair rinse and if they overused it it could give it a little bit of a blue tint so once again not permanent these are all um, just color correcting measures. So that is definitely a good advice that they were given. Also, they said their wife just got off the phone with the salon to get her in this Friday, so she'll have to suck it up for the rest of the week. It's going to cost us nearly twice as much as a normal salon, so guess who will be doing extra chores for a while? Final edit, wife sourced silver shampoo, so we'll be doing this shortly. Daughter emerged from her room apologizing to us for the tantrum which we accepted and apologizing for ruining her hair. We laughed and said it's her hair, not ours. So she should apologize to herself. So she grabbed a mirror, stroked her hair and said a heart felt sorry. So all seems to be right in the world again. So first off, I want to say nobody in this story is an a-hole a and nobody in this story is really a rotten apple. The 14 year old is not rotten either. The 14 year old is just acting like a 14 year old. Okay. They wanted their hair changed. They were impatient. They had a friend that probably told them that they could do it and all will be fine and no worry and then all of a sudden all was not fine they're learning all none of us come into this world with a manual and i think the parents handled this entirely the best way they possibly could they didn't ground their daughter as far as we know just from what we read and the tone of the post they were there for her they immediately got on the phone they even though she went against what they said they were still willing to seek out uh, a stylist to fix it and not just any stylist they didn't just want to take her to any old place they even had bad reviews to fix it they wanted the best of the best to make sure it was done right and that says good parenting in my books and also the fact that they allowed their daughter to be uncomfortable with her choice but not suffer forever from her choice and i think that's a very important thing as parents or just humans as yeah people make mistakes do we need to grab their face and rub it in and go and act like we've never made a mistake before no let's not be hypocrites okay so the daughter yeah she disobeyed she didn't listen but guess what the learning part we all learn in a different way and she needed to experience the weight of her choices how are we ever going to raise accountable humans and adults if we don't allow people to kind of swim in their decisions and decide if they're happy with their decision or not because so often people act very brash and they make very emotionally driven decisions and then they quickly second guess themselves and go wow i just really made this five times worse than it ever had to been had had she just went and told her parents hey my friend said she could help me with my hair and blah 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 you know but they had a reason they had a medical allergy in the past and they were terrified that this would happen again to the point that they had to go and get medical treatment for it so the parents had all the reasons in the world to say no and they did everything they could to be supportive the daughter decided she didn't want to go that route but now she learned and they gave her space to learn so i think that's awesome when we can give people space to learn but not be repeat offenders there's a difference if somebody in your life makes a mistake great fine let them live in it for a little bit whatever just keep doing what you're doing the best of your ability 
but knowing that they shouldn't be repeat offenders. Like if the daughter keeps every time her new girl starts coming in and keeps going behind her back and trying to do it herself after continuously hitting a wall over and over again, then at some point you have to revisit the situation and try to find a different way to approach it. But right now, I think they all did what they should have done. The, they allowed their daughter to grow. They made the best appointment they could. They continually tried to seek um, solutions even after she threw a temper tantrum and was being very dramatic, but she's 14, right? I think everybody played their part and everything turned out well. So I think that's awesome. All right, let's see what's in the oven for the third slice of pie. slice of pie let's see who's the rotten apple am i the a-hole for telling my boyfriend he is a gold digger by his own standards i have a boyfriend aiden for some reason he really dislikes his best friends daniel's girlfriend lila i don't exactly get the reason for his dislike my guess is that Aiden and Daniel were kind of outcasts in high school and Aiden adapted his us against the world view with his only friend. Lila, on the other hand, is a very lively, outgoing, bubbly girl with tons of friends. Aiden's newest reason to dislike Lila is that Daniel plans to take her to an all-expenses-paid trip abroad. He was ranting to me about Lila being a gold digger and using Daniel for his money. I tried to tell him that Daniel taking his girlfriend on a vacation doesn't make the girlfriend a gold digger, but Aiden could be reasoned with. But Aiden couldn't be reasoned with. It bothered me so much, especially since my family took Aiden to countless vacations free of charge back when we were still in university. I mean, 15 plus vacations, mostly to different countries. I pointed out to Aiden that he came to plenty of vacations with me and my family, but he said that was different because he only came for me so that I have more fun with him there with me and we build shared memories. I asked him, why is what Daniel and Lila are doing any different? Daniel can't afford to take Lila with him, so he will have more fun with her and they will make wonderful shared memories. If that makes Lila a gold digger, he must also be a gold digger too by his own standards. Aiden got mad at me and said that he is extremely disappointed and hurt that I look at him like that. He got really offended and now seems to think that I actually accused him of being a gold digger instead of just trying to show him the air of his reasoning. Was I wrong for trying to draw a parallel between him and Lila? I didn't want to make him feel bad for coming with us on those vacations. I loved having him there. Do I owe him an apology? Am I the a-hole? All right, so first off, I would like to say that I might be a little biased in this because I am just as brutally honest as the original poster. I find that honesty is obviously the best policy. I find that these uncomfortable, honest conversations do the world a lot of good. I think that the more we self-censor ourselves and relationships, we grow resentment and we turn into passive aggressive jack wagons. So we should never bottle everything up and then act out emotionally, but have these adult common sense based 
down-to-earth discussions that everybody can air their dirty laundry and get their feelings out and move forward instead of repressing and regressing and just imploding and then isolating so it seems like that seems to be a thing and also i shall say when i can't remember when i heard this but i want to say it was like in like um a self-help book or some book i was reading like years ago and i've seen this pointed out in multiple different arenas that what we don't like in others we tend to have in ourselves. And it sounds like the original poster is hitting on some hard truths that her boyfriend does not like because she is making this parallel with, hey, why are you so mad at Lila when you benefited from multiple trips with my parents and nobody looked poorly on you, so why do you have the right to look poorly on Lila? I totally get where the original poster is is feeling this way. I would have pointed out the same thing. Like, hey, stop being a hypocrite. You, She's going on one trip. It's like a gift. Are you in their relationship? It just seems like there's a lot of jealousy there. Like, it's okay for Aiden and the original poster to be in a relationship, but God forbid Daniel get a woman of his own and then want to shower her with an amazing trip that they could spend together and make memories. No! No, that's not okay. So let's let's dissect this. Is the original poster's boyfriend, Aiden, not in a place where he can take the poster on a trip? Maybe he feels like he's less than because his best buddy Daniel can afford to take his girlfriend on a trip, but Aiden can't. That could be one aspect because sometimes that's a thing. So instead of him going, honey, I really wish I could take you on a vacation. Like I can take, you know, like Daniel's taking Lila. He wants to throw shade at Lila and make it all about Lila being a gold digger. That's one avenue we can see, or we can look at it from a position of, is Aiden just jealous that he doesn't have Daniel's 100% attention? Because there are people out there that are a little self-centered and they just want everybody to be available for them at their beck and call. And if they're not, then that ticks them off. And that's something they have to work on. It's nobody owes them anything. They need to work. They owe themselves the work to do the work inside of themselves to realize that is not a fair outlook to put on people. So Daniel sounds like he could be coming from a place of jealousy. He could be coming from a place of like shame where he just feels bad that he can't do this for his girlfriend. So how dare Daniel, you know, shed light on that fact. But instead of blaming his best buddy, he wants to blame the girlfriend. Or maybe he just really doesn't like Lila. Or he really, you know, I don't know, maybe he has a crush. Maybe he like has really close feelings for his boyfriend, his best buddy from school. You never know. And it's kind of taken him off that he has a girlfriend now and that his attention is not all on him. I don't know. Does definitely, I do say that Daniel's the rotten apple. Not Daniel. Aiden is the rotten apple in the situation. Daniel has every right to take Lila wherever the hell Daniel wants to take her. 
and the original poster did good by calling out her boyfriend's similar behavior because if you can't go inward and point out your own faults, you have no business going outward and focusing on everybody else's perceived faults. So Aiden has a lot of work to do. And thankfully he has a girlfriend who is not spineless and is not passive aggressive and is just lovingly honest and saying, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Lila is not a gold digger. Daniel has every right to take his girlfriend out and make memories because you said you love that my family took you on all these free trips so that you and I could have memories. So it just seems like Daniel um, and Lila need to go on their trip and have fun. They're not the rotten apples. Aiden is the rotten apple in the story, in my opinion. There's so many different facets when you have um, these romantic relationships, these close relationships, and then all of a sudden you got somebody like getting mad. Does Daniel know that maybe Aiden has a crush on Lila? Like sometimes people throw shade at people that they really like, you know? I don't know. There seems to be some sort of triangulation going on here. I don't know if it's um, where it's coming from. Only Aiden knows, <laughs> but we can only speculate. But in my opinion, based off the facts we've been given, Aiden is indeed the rotten apple, in my opinion. Alright, for slice of pie time, let's see who's the rotten apple. Am I the a-hole for not paying my daughter to babysit her younger siblings? So, my 21-year-old daughter is currently a college student. She lives in my house free of rent. I only ask her to do a few things around the house from time to time, like cooking and cleaning. Well, that's a that's broad. So when people say, I only ask you to cook and clean, that's actually huge. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say from someone who does 99.9% .9 as a mom and also a domestic engineer and a homeschooling mom, like I do all these things, um, just casually cooking and cleaning, they just throw that out there like that's tiny. That ain't tiny, honey. Those are jobs in themselves. There are people who clean for a living and there are people who cook for a living. And when you ask somebody to do both of those things for a family, that's not tiny. So I'm just going to put that out there, okay? Let's quash that generalization because I just asked them to do a few things around the house like cooking and cleaning. What? Cooking and cleaning for how many people, chick? That's what we want to know. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> typical things are expected to do on a daily basis anyways. Those are not always typical things. It depends on how many people are in this household. Occasionally, she has to watch over her younger brother since I may be busy. So it says occasionally. Since I may be busy with work and when I need a break to hang out with my girlfriend. Okay, so this is coming from the dad's. Or, or the mom, I guess. Nobody ever says. So my daughter recently spoke up to me about how she feels I'm putting too much of a workload on her back, which I don't see how. She told me she's okay with cooking and cleaning around the house, but having to watch over her siblings was very annoying and stressful, and that's taken away from her studies. That pissed me off because myself went to school while having to pay bills and take care of her as a baby alongside my ex-wife. Okay, wow, this went down <laughs> That's all. This got aggressive real quick now, didn't it? You see this pattern right here? Mm-hmm. I did it. That pissed me off because I myself went 
to school while having to pay bills and take care of her as a baby alongside my ex-wife. I told her she was acting very privileged and that if I could do it, so could she. She didn't like that very much and stormed off into her room. Oh, wow. I got some I got some opinions brewing right now. Well, she went behind my back and told my sister about how bad I was treating her. My sister is very kind and gullible at times, so she called me and said the least I could do was give her an allowance for the chores I make her do. I explained why I felt that this wasn't necessary, and she told me not to compare my situation to my daughter since apparently I put myself in my situation. Hallelujah! Thank you, sister. This is exactly what I was thinking. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people have children and then they act like the children like they just woke up with them like it was a like it was a virus like I woke up and these children were here like no no you mattress stand you did something or something was done and you have children now the children are not you don't just catch them like a cold okay so I hate that when parents try to be like I did it you can do it. Well, the what? The kids didn't go, hey, they didn't like sign up on a sign-up sheet on a wall. I want to be born today. And like the, the parents act like, like the child is a virus being done to them. Okay, that's not how it is. I'm sorry, go back to school. That's not how biology works. Babies don't just, just appear. They don't just, oh, well, I guess some people think they do. I don't know. <laughs> in, in my opinion... <laughs> Babies don't just appear. Um, so weird. So thank you, sister, for stepping in and bringing some common sense to the situation because what the biscuits. Said, but since she's living in my house rent-free and I'm paying for her college. Oh, so now they told... Okay. So now they tossed it, I'm paying for her college. I feel that it is what that in of itself should count as an allowance. So I just wanted to ask her whether I'm wrong or for not to paying her extra money to do basic chores. Edit. So in regards of how often I ask her to babysit, it's usually three times a week. I don't see how that's too much to ask of her. It's usually only for a few hours until I get back home. My boys are twins. They're five years old. They are not crazy kids, by the way. They're more mature than the typical ones you'll see. All right. So they're giving free rent. This is what we know. The, the dad or the mom, I don't know if it's um, a mom or a dad. So the parent is paying, this is all we know, give, allowing them to stay in their house for free, uh, rent free, they say, and also supposedly paying for their college. And then they also want them to do the cooking and the cleaning in the house. And then they also want them to watch the children. So let's look at it from the different standpoints. The daughter is trying to go to college. She doesn't have to pay for rent and her school is being paid for, but she is expected to cook for everybody, to clean the house, and to take care of the children. So <laughs> that that's a lot of expectations that don't really have any like, we don't really know how much she's being thought to cook and clean. I'm telling you, cooking alone can drive a person mad. There's 365 days a year, right? And then if you're cooking for a family that eats breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's three meals a day times seven, 21 meals at least a week 
this person is thought to cook? Are they at, because that's what I have to think of. I have to plan all these meals. I have to plan for a family of four, 21 meals. And then I have to plan what I'm going to buy and then cook again for the next week for 365 days, never ending nonstop. That's a lot of work. But especially for a younger person, the older I've got, the easier it is for me to be uh, more thought, like cause and effect, more planning. It's got my ability to plan things out have gotten better than when I was younger. So you're putting a lot on a 20 year old who is just trying to one, find their way in the world to have a life too. Should all of their free time just be working, 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 cleaning, 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 homework, 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 watching kids, watching kids. So you, so the dad or the mom, the parent goes to work. I don't know where they work enough to pay for their kids college. And then also, you know, the house and all that, they must have full custody perhaps of the twins. You know, there's a lot here. I just feel like this is uh, where my daughter isn't doing everything I want her to do. She's not. And it also sounds like he's trying to make the daughter be the mom that did his relationship fail or did her, did their relationship fail? Because you've seen how angry they got in the middle of the story. And that tells me they're easily triggered and they have a temper and it went like la 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 and then all of a sudden and uh, this pissed me off the minute the daughter said she t- she told me she's okay with cooking and cleaning around the house but having to watch over her siblings was annoying and stressful and it's taking away from her studies there there's the compromise it sounds like the parent wants to push all of the parental stuff onto the daughter and then also make her be she, the daughter has to perform daughter role, student role, cook role, clean role, and then babysitting slash mom role, five roles, and then where are they having any self-care time? Where are they having any time to exhale? Sounds like the dad or the mom or the parent is coming at this from, well, I got to work and this, I did it so you can do it. But you chose to go do a mattress stance, have some children five years ago. And now all of a sudden, because, and clearly you can't do it or you're not making, you're not having, you're not doing it. You're trying to push it off on your daughter. So clearly you can't handle something. If you have to push all of the cooking, all of the cleaning and the babysitting onto your daughter, who's 20 and is trying to grow. This seems like a toxic scenario right here. And the daughter said, hey, I'm cool with the cooking and cleaning. And then I feel like the other, the parent, the original poster is just going, oh, you're fine with cooking and cleaning. Let's see how much more crap I can put on you to make you snap. Because they're not looking at their daughter as a daughter. It almost looks like, well, I did this and I did this so you can. This generalization that humans do to each other, we 
that is lazy. And, and I expect it, you know, the path of least resistance is often what we take. And so it's easy for people to just broad brush everything. Well, if I did it, you can do it. No, we're all individuals. We're all dynamically different. Not one of us are 100% identical to the other. I don't care what anybody is trying to blow up your booty hole. We're all different, okay? We have similarities, but we're not 100% the same, okay? And we cannot be broad brushing entire groups of society, and we also cannot be broad brushing family members, friends, other people walking in the world just because we're lazy and lack depth, okay? So this daughter right here is communicating, hey, I'm okay with cleaning, I'm okay with cooking, but this is really starting to um, break me down is constantly having to babysit while I have no time to do my studies. So it, they're being honest, they're communicating that they are feeling overloaded. And then that is a mat that is immediately when the original poster, the parent started throwing their temper tantrum. That's the minute they got triggered. That's the minute they started projecting outward who they were and everything they did and everything they did. Well, you're where you are right now because you, because of you, you had a failed relationship of some sort, or maybe they're a significant other, maybe they're a widowed. Somebody is not in the, in the marriage anymore, whether they left the world or they left the relationship, they're not there. And your daughter did not go out and buy this set of twins and gift you them for Christmas. <laughs> they're your children and you had them and they're a priority. They're your priority. They're your responsibility as much as your 20 year old is your responsibility. You don't just get to push your 20 year old into adult woman. It's like a surrogate wife without the wife. It's weird. It's like here, you get to do all of this stay-at-home husband work or stay-at-home mom work on top of taking care of children that you did not have, they're not yours, all because, I don't know, the reasoning of this original poster is so whack. I'm so glad that the sister, and the how, how ironic that the original poster is like, my sister's gullible. No, your sister tells you like is reality, and you don't like reality. You like to just go to work and go hang out with your girlfriend and throw everything else on your 20-year-old so you can go build another family and what? Throw that on her too? What, what are you doing? You can't handle your house right now, but you want to go out and have another house with another woman? And what if they have kids? You know, what if this, I don't know, so much is going on. I don't know. So the original poster, the parent, the mom or the dad, whoever it is, I don't know. They didn't identify themselves. They are the rotten apple. The sister, thank you for stepping in, girl. Mm, that thank you. And the daughter, don't let people put more on your plate than what you're willing to have. And keep, you know, never, you never want to give up speaking up for yourself. Even if it lands on deaf ears, never stop. Never stop because you have to hold your ground. So there's a lot of stuff in here that they left out. And I think that was by design. They downplay the amount of cooking and cleaning. They downplay how much work it can be to watch uh, five-year-old identical twin boys. They downplay all of the stuff that they want from their daughter. And then they magnify 
their daughter's simple requests and and clutch their pearls and totally act victimized. So if the if they're not widowed, they're toxic, and that's why the relationship went to crap, and that's why they're out trying to cultivate a new lily pad to hop to. I mean, this has a lot of this smells a lot of some familiar situations. <laughs> I'm just going to say. All right. I have talked too much about this fourth slice. Too much. Let's move on. Let's move on. And now it is time for the fifth slice of pie. Let's see who's the rotten apple. M. I, the rotten apple for making extra pancakes for my niece. I woke up at 5 a.m. craving pancakes while on vacation with my in-laws. So I decided to quickly make myself and my son some since we were the only ones awake besides my husband who doesn't eat pancakes. My sister-in-law's daughter came downstairs just as my son was finishing up and started crying because there were no more pancakes for her. I did try to comfort her, but I have really bad morning sickness after I eat and I was starting to feel sick, so I had to take her to her parents who were still sleeping. Long story short, my sister-in-law was upset. I only made pancakes for myself and my son when there were others in the house who also needed to eat breakfast. <laughs> she said I was selfish and I should have known my niece would have wanted some, so I could have made extra just in case. Am I the a-hole? All right. Okay. So there seems to be like, I get the feeling in the situation, there seems to be some communication not taking place. Maybe it's because it's such a short description. Uh, but I feel like, let's assume that the sister-in-law is not an a-hole. But maybe, okay. Let's, okay, where am I going to start? <laughs> because I feel like there's like, if her sister is not typically a jack wagon, maybe she misunderstands the fact that her daughter was sleeping, so she wasn't even around. And then how, why is it the original poster's responsibility to decide to just magically cook for the whole house, not knowing who likes pancakes and who doesn't? Because the original poster has a husband that doesn't eat pancakes. So it's not in her wheelhouse to go, everybody loves pancakes. I'll just make everybody pancakes. And then people are all different in the morning. Not everybody wakes up and wants to eat breakfast. Like I have a daughter that doesn't like to eat breakfast. But my son and I are breakfast people. So when I wake up and my kids wake up, I make me and my son breakfast and I wait until my daughter wakes up to ask her because half the time she doesn't eat until like two hours after she wakes up. And then sometimes she doesn't even want breakfast food. She wants lunch food. And then that's an entirely different menu. So I think it's kind of short-sighted for the sister-in-law to immediately jump to, you should have cooked for my daughter. But I feel like maybe the original poster, maybe when she brought the daughter back, didn't go, hey, I woke up craving pancakes because I'm pregnant and I decided to make me and my son 
pancakes because we are the only ones awake and my husband doesn't like them. But then after I ate, your daughter appeared and then started crying because she wanted pancakes, but I'm already going into morning sickness, right? So I hate to do this to you, but your daughter now wants to eat pancakes and I'm in no state to cook because I already am suffering from morning sickness because I'm, you know, pregnant, right? So I feel like F, either the sister-in-law didn't have all the details and then she got really crappy with the original poster or the sister-in-law is just a jack wagon and is lazy because there's those people too. Let me tell you, there's people who love to go visit other people so they can push their kids off on them. They're like, oh, I can't stand my kids and just watch them. I've seen this. I've seen all of this. <laughs> so it's so hard to assume one way or another but um, let's just go with what we know. And I would say, no, the original poster is not the a-hole. If you've never had morning sickness, I've had morning sickness. It's not something that you can just, If you, it depends on how bad you have it. And it doesn't, not everybody can just charge through morning sickness. And the original poster was being responsible. She could have just said, screw you. I'm not going to cook you anything. Go wake your mom up and literally never leave and, you know, be very gruff about it. But she kindly brought the little girl back to her mom who, where she belongs. That is that. The mom takes you, if you're a mom and you're there with your kids, that's your responsibility. If you're a dad, if you're a parent, your kids are your responsibility. Just because you're under the same roof of other people does not mean that you're on vacation and everybody else's job is to cater to you. So I feel like that is where the sister-in-law is like, ah, you waking me up? Why didn't you just make pancakes for everybody? We're all going to want to eat breakfast sooner or later. And now I'm going to have to cook my own family their own breakfast. Like, what is that, right? Like, why Why all of a sudden is it the pregnant lady with, with morning sickness's job to cook for the whole freaking house, right? Not even knowing, one, who likes pancakes, and two, who feels like eating right when they wake up. Because let's say she did do that, right? Well, let's say she did live up to the expectations of the short-sighted sister-in-law and cooked everybody in the house freaking pancakes, and everybody wakes up, and then only half of them want to eat the pancakes, and the other half are like, I don't like pancakes, and then what? Just throw away a bunch of pancakes because you were caring and thought ahead? No. She wanted to take care of her and her kid because she had a pregnancy craving and her little boy was up and she was doing what every parent should do. If their kid is hungry, you should feed them. And if you're cooking for yourself, cook some for your little kid because you know they're going to eat it. And then when somebody else's little kid arises after the fact, it's not like she, the little kid woke up at the same time as them. That's not in this post. In this post, it sounds like the little kid woke up after and started to throw a temper tantrum because they're pancakes. They ate pancakes without her. It sounds like this little girl is going to turn out to be just like her mama. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> like, come on. Stop putting all these expectations on other people because you're lazy. So that mom should have said, okay, thank you for bringing me her. I'll get up and I'll make her something to eat. Thank you so much. That's what she should have done. She should have said, thank you for bringing her to me. Because the sister-in-law is the little girl's mom. She is not, come on, that's ridiculous. To think that one lady with, with morning sickness and a little hungry boy is supposed to magically just cook everybody food at 5 a.m. And what the heck? Why do you want those pancakes sitting around? What if these people don't roll in bed till 10 a.m.? They're supposed to sit around for five hours? Who wants to eat five-hour-old pancakes? Come on. 
Stop it. Stop it with your nonsense, sister-in-law. I think you can tell who I think the apple, the rotten apple is. Definitely the sister-in-law for just being a lazy bum who thinks that since she's at the in-laws, she's on vacation and everybody else has to cater to her lazy butt. That's what I think. Come on. Let's be better, okay? Let's take care of our family the way we're supposed to. Let's not push our responsibilities off onto others. And then that's not throw temper tantrums and then start slinging arrows at people for not, you know, know, bowing down and kissing our rings. Okay, grow up. All right, a lot of growing up needs to be done in this whole Reddit forum all the time. Okay, let's move on. All right, that has been episode seven of Am I the A-Hole Apple Pie Podcast. You can participate in the show by leaving a voicemail, emailing the show, or tweeting the show on Twitter. You can go to A-I-T-A Apple Pie Pod on Twitter and tweet the show and follow the show. And you can go to A-I-T-A Apple Pie at gmail.com if you want to email the show. You can help support the show by rating and reviewing it wherever you can. And you can find the show and every other show hosted by me at my podcast network found at CozyPodcastNetwork.com. All right. Well, and I will see you on episode eight. And until then, try your best to bake in the life oven and be self-aware that you might it might be your turn to be the rotten apple and maybe you should just you know sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon and sugar on yourself and just bathe in that self-awareness okay honeys all right lovey booze have a great day bye-bye